Kia ora, Wellington. You are listening to B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. I'm here, I'm Perrine, and I am here with David, who's got a great interview lined up for the second half of the show. Yeah, thanks, Perrine. Um, we're very pleased to have Alison Bartley in the studio. Alison is the founder and director of Bartley & Company Art Gallery, located here on Gusney Street. Hello. Hi. Nice to be here, but not a long way to come. No, no, just, just a short walk, but uh, we, we appreciate it all, all the same. So I just sort of wondered if you could give us a bit of a background about what Bartley & Company does. Okay, we are working with artists, I guess, who have serious careers, even if they're you know, starting off and have got um, a day job, mostly, and making um, their art and their... You know, spare time. But artists who have are for the most part educated with fine arts education, so they know where their practice sits in the bigger picture of art mm. history. And if they're if they're say doing abstract painting, how does that relate to the history of abstract painting? How do you do something that relates to this moment in time that has wasn't done a hundred years ago? Sure, and. Uh... You have a, a background yourself in art history? Um, yes, I do. Um, I went back, I originally did something else. Oh, well, I was a teacher and then a journalist, first of all. And then I went, stumbled into the art world um, with a former partner and um, went back to university and did art history and just fell in love with it. Thought I would go up the hill and maybe just do New Zealand art history, but they suggested I might like to start with the Renaissance. And so mm. I did, and I just loved it. And I was the perennial student for years because I was working full-time and had young children, so I just did one paper at a time. And, yeah, it was really stimulating. It was After being a journalist, actually, it was so luxurious going to lectures and mm. getting information that you wanted to have handed to you on a plate as opposed <laughs> to having to go and ask somebody else to give it to you. Sure, sure. Yeah, I guess the journalists, are, uh, lecturers are a lot more forthcoming than the <laughs> interview subjects. So did you sort of stumble, as you said, did you stumble from that into uh, dealership or, or running a gallery? Yes, totally. Um, because um, my partner was an architect and he had been working at home He'd been a partner in a bigger firm, and then he went out on his own, been working at home, and we had children, and then he got a space in Cuba Street, just above Peter McLeavy, for his mm. architecture practice, but it had been a gallery, it was an L-shaped space, and so we just thought, well, we'd have to do projects together, we'd do exhibition projects, and then over time you develop relationships with artists, and they say, oh, I'd love you to represent me, have you thought about being a dealer gallery? And we hadn't when we started off, but it just slowly evolved into that. Hmm. Could you, maybe for listeners who aren't sure, could you sort of explain if, if there is a difference between a, a dealer gallery and a, and a public art gallery? Sure. Um, a dealer gallery or a commercial gallery sells work on behalf of artists. So it's a place you can go to um, to buy art, whereas a public gallery doesn't sell the work, it shows it. Hmm. So, yeah. We have a range of work. We have work from as little... People think that um, art galleries are expensive places. Um, we've had things in the past like the Affordable Art Fair, which I mm. think was did a bad service to galleries, actually, because it implied that 
galleries didn't have affordable work. But mm. we have work from as little as $300, you know, sure. going up. Mm. And, I mean, people are always welcome as well, right, to just yeah. come in and browse and... Yeah. I gather that it can be quite intimidating to go into a gallery if you haven't been into one. Um, you know, you hear that from a lot of people. And um, I gather from um, shop retail marketing research, there's a thing called threshold anxiety that mm. you have that it can be quite anxiety creating for people to get over that surface to where they want to go through that threshold. And so I guess our We've always just tried to be really friendly and welcoming and acknowledge that for most people, it's about looking and enjoying. I mean, artists want their work to be seen. So you don't just go to buy. Um, it's to look and learn and mm. enjoy. Sure. I, I'm kind of thinking about your, you know, your, your welcomingness or your outreach. And you've got that billboard outside your gallery. Could you talk a bit about that? Yes, well, I guess um, the idea came about quite early on that there was this big blank wall there and it seemed, it just called to be a billboard in some ways, but I didn't want it obviously to be a commercial billboard. Mm. You wanted almost um, an art billboard that could in a way disrupt what you expect to see on uh, the wall of a commercial building in the inner city. Um, so that people stop and look and think, oh, what's that doing? What's that all about? What's that saying? Why is that there? Sure. You you spoke before about uh, developing relationships with artists or, or getting in touch with people, and that just sort of flows into representing someone. Yeah, generally. I mean, I as we have sixteen artists that we represent. Um, and that means I have quite a close relationship with all of them. I have another six or ten artists that I work with on a looser basis who, for one reason or another, don't necessarily want a full representation relationship. Mm. They don't want the obligations of having to produce a solo show every couple of years or um, they might be a couple of women with children who want to just be able to do a show when they've got a body of work ready to show. Mm. And do you have other relationships with uh, other galleries or, or the art schools? Um, what, you always keep a, a close relationship w w with them in terms of keeping an eye on what's going on. In the mm. early days, I haven't done it for a few years now, I used to like to do a graduate show, mm -hmm. um, just sort of looking at what the newest emerging artists coming out of the schools were doing and I think they were they were fun to do and I probably should look at doing it again <laughs> but once you get a certain number of artists and you're, you're trying to satisfy their needs to have a show too the pro program gets quite busy even though we've got a new exhibition coming up every you know month. Mm. I wonder if you could uh, you know drop some names of some of the artists <laughs> you represent that, that people might have might have heard of if they're familiar with the art world. Um, we were, a lot of people, your audience is Wellington here, is it? That's or, right. Yeah. So a lot of people in Wellington will know a young artist called Hamish Coleman, who's worked at the French art shop. Mm. Um, he is somebody that we work with and have worked with for, I think, about three years now. And uh, I got to know him really just on the street because he was mm. always coming into the gallery and saying hello. 
and I enjoyed talking with him. And eventually I went for a studio visit uh, and looked at what he was doing. And I enjoyed what he was doing and it just looked fresh and interesting and different. He was using paint differently to how I'd seen anybody else use mm -hmm. it. And he wanted to get into a gallery and really get a start on his career. So he was you know, exciting at that beginning end. Then I worked with somebody very senior like Anne Noble, who I've worked with mm. um, for a long time, who um, has had a very, very successful career as an artist and a photographer. Um, she's the only distinguished female distinguished professor in New Zealand, and mm. amazingly, that, that was awarded in the arts rather than in any other field. She's um, an arts laureate. She's had, you know, I think, an order of merit for services to the arts and photography. So mm. across the board. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's really exciting. It is exciting. Andre Hamer is probably internationally the most success, successful artist that we work with, and mm. um, I've worked with him since he started at Canterbury. So when I first met him, oh, well, not since he started, since he was finishing at Canterbury, and when I first encountered his work, it just looked really different to what anybody was doing. It was bright and poppy, and he was doing paintings that he painted first on the computer, on mm. a, uh, a a drawing program, and then he copied by hand. So he was interested to see what was the difference between what a mouse painted and your hand mm. painted, were there some gestures that couldn't be replicated in either direction. And he now has investigated that really quite narrow terrain of the digital and the handmade for 15 years. And mm. as arguably New Zealand's most internationally successful artist, he's got galleries representing him in Berlin, London, New York, LA, wow. Singapore, Sydney, as well as here, and is um, living a you know nomadic life almost, going to all those, uh -huh. you know, do exhibitions in those places all the time, based in Vienna now rather than New Zealand. Mm. Wow, that's incredibly impressive. Yeah. Uh, one one of the artists that you represent that I'm always really impressed with their work is uh, Peter Trevelyan. Oh, Peter Trevelyan, mm. yes. Again, totally singular, different mm. to um, what anybody else is doing. He's just got the most amazing show on in Wanganui, if anybody gets the chance mm. to go there. It's a kind of like a survey show, um, and it's the best show of his work there's ever been, and it really shows you the diversity of what he can do, from really tiny little works to huge-scale works. And these huge-scale works are made in pencil-lead, this delicate, mm. fragile material. But he has learned how to work with it and to build structures that are actually quite strong, even though each individual piece is really delicate. Yeah, it seems like uh, there must be a real knack to it. He's got this secret trick of how he does it. Yeah, and just, I think, you know, I seem to be drawn to quite a few artists whose work requires just a patience. And they talk about going, and they just go into the zone. It's almost like mm. a meditative state, just doing it. And mm -hmm. So I know the, the next show you have coming up is uh, Marie Lelieve. Lelieve, yeah. Yeah, can you talk a bit about her work? Um, she is, is a painter, but a lot of her painting incorporates drawing. And she 
I mean, sometimes it's been called the queen of the sort of luscious surface in New Zealand painting. She builds up layers of oil paint when puts wet paint on top of wet paint and then almost allows the paint to dance within parameters that mm. um, she controls so that you get this almost chemical interaction with the paint itself, which creates gorgeous textures and surfaces. Mm. Yeah, there's this real depth and it's so lush. To, to look at mm. um, I'm sort of wondering what what your own home is like as a as an art dealer is it uh, you know sparse packed um, I guess it's not sparse um, <laughs> it's quite I live in quite a small apartment um, and I have I have haven't got I've got more art than I can fit on the walls sadly but um, yeah Mm. I just enjoy living with it. Sure, I, I guess as a as a collector, that's the the way it would go. Uh, like most people, though, I don't have the resources to collect <laughs> if I, as much as I would like to. I mean, yeah. you could just um, collect a lot if you had unlimited resources. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of wondering if you had any sort of broader general thoughts on uh, the state of New Zealand art at the moment? I think New Zealand art is in a pretty good state. I mean, um, we're steady. We don't have, you know, the highs and the excesses perhaps that you see in other parts of the world, um, you know, in New York and London and Paris. I mean, art, the art world is enormously interesting. It captures, in a way, a lot of the issues that are in the world itself. You know, on the one hand, you know, a lot of artists are very idealistic. They're, they're making art is quite subversive. It's calling to and speaking to a different paradigm. But it's, on the other hand, art, when it's at the peak, is a, you know, a really a hugely expensive commodity um, that is only for the most wealthy. Uh, to be able to own anyway. So mm. it's sort of, it's got all these conundrums in it that are interesting. Sure. I guess coming back to that idea of art as a commodity, or you talked about, uh, I, guess, I guess, selling the art, that sort of creates a, a market or, or it actually makes being an artist a viable career. Yeah, well, I think it's an important part of it. I mean, mm. just selling, to be really successful as, as an artist, it's not about sales in the first instance. You have to have success on multiple fronts. You need to be public galleries wanting to exhibit your work. Mm. You need to have people wanting to write about your work in reputable magazines and art historical journals. I mean, there can be people whose work is very successful commercially, but they're not uh, necessarily regarded as great artists. Hmm. Sure. Do you think, is there anyone, you don't have to name names, but is there anyone that you have your eye on that you'd really like to get in touch with or any sort of up-and-coming artists you've but, spotted? Well, I guess... Um, all the artists I work with, I, I th you know, support and think that they have all the qualities that I think are d going to help them be successful. Because in a way, um, I'm just walking along beside them. I mean, I think, gosh, I would love to have a gallerist working or somebody equivalent to a gallerist working for me and supporting <laughs> my career. And, you know, I think it's 
a, a great thing for an artist to be able to have a, a gallerist working beside them and helping them. Mm. Um, that's not really answering your question directly, Same. but but uh, could could you talk more a little bit about uh, that that role then as a as a gallerist? Is it it's supporting? It's yeah, it's trying to. Um, one of the things I want to, ha to I want to work with artists who are ambitious, so and artists who want to have a career as an artist, even if they're not able to do that fully, you know, initially. Mm. Um, and so you're sort of helping them plan. Well, okay, what what do they need to do? How do they get that bit of writing about them? How do they try and get into you know the public gallery shows. So you're helping them by making you're making the uh, the public galleries aware of their work. Um, you're maybe and um, asking people to write about it. Um. Mm. Talking to Alison Bartley from Bartley and Company Gallery earlier. Did you mention that did the gallery start in in that shop in Cuba Street? No, or? this gallery started where it is mm. now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was involved in an earlier gallery in Cuba Street. Mm. I was thinking that uh, in, in the neighbourhood lately we've had uh, Enjoy Gallery has moved and Robert Heald Gallery has shifted as well. Are you sort of staying put for the... Yeah, I'm definitely staying put, <laughs> but they haven't gone very far. They're no, both just yeah. in, left in the left bank off, off Cuba mm. Street. Mm. All right. So... If uh, if people are interested in, in coming to see you, finding out more, um, whereabouts are you? Um, we're opposite Glover Park and between the Malaysian restaurants KK Malaysia and um, Sate Village. And now the building is bright red. We've recently had a paint mm. job. Um, mm -hmm. For a long time I've had people saying, oh, I didn't know you were here. You've been hard to find. Um and on the one hand, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. We haven't marketed, our, marketed ourselves as well as we should. You know, people should know where we are. But on the other hand, it's it's great, too, because it means that there's still room to grow and there's still people to discover. But hopefully now, if you look out for a little building that actually mm. um, was built as a stable in the 1890s, mm. so on the top of the building it says Art Stable, um, because I like words and I like the play of words. So the gallery is actually Bartley and Company Art because I started it on my own and I was quite nervous <laughs> doing it on my own. And when I came up with that name, I really liked the sound of it as if I had, you know, that I had company. I wasn't <laughs> doing it on my own. I had the company of artists and the company of the supporters and collectors. And similarly, mm. I like the building, thinking of it as an art stable, because, you know, a hundred years ago it had it housed horses and now it mm. houses art. And it was the stables for the Gear Meat Company, which was then on the corner of Cuba and Guzni. Right, and now housing something rather different. Sure. Um, thanks, Alison, for coming in and uh, <laughs> having a chat with us. Thank you. <laughs>